Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Good, good stuff, Bruins. Keep going. All righty, what's brewing, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Bruins and Bruins podcast. A Game four recap, game five preview special from the recap and preview boys. This is episode 43 of season four of the Bruce and Bruins podcast. My name is Cam Hasman. We've got the usual crew here, Drew Johnson and Chris Gear, recording this on Tuesday afternoon uh, in the wake of back-to-back wins for the Bruins in Sunrise, now heading back to Boston with a chance to close out the Florida Panthers season. Vibes are pretty good, probably better than the last time we recorded. Not that we were hitting the panic button, but uh, it's still I think, going to be a little bit more of a relaxed cheers going around to, to start the show here. So, Chris, I'll send it over your way to the West Coast, travel back in time. And, uh, yeah, what you got over there? All right. Well, since it is, uh, what, 2.45 p.m. here, um, I have to go pick up a child at school uh, after we're finished recording this. All I'm right, we're drinking. recording this at an undisclosed time, definitely <laughs> not on Tuesday afternoon, like I said. I'm not drinking a uh, an alcoholic beverage here. I have a Virgil's handcrafted root beer. Uh, been a while since I've, I've done one of these, uh, but I saw it at the store and I was like, you know what, that would be real good for today. Um, cane sugar, handcrafted. I don't know how you, how you handcraft a beverage. Uh, shouts to the people who do that, getting their hands dirty and wet um, probably contains no artificial flavors artificial preservatives gluten shouts to drew or caffeine shouts to me and wild caffeine anxiety um yeah just uh give it a go i mean this is a it's a really good root beer if you like root beer this is this is the shit uh I, I do like the the cane sugar sodas. I mean, Mexican Coke kicks ass. Um, it's just like that slight difference in sweetness that you get from the, uh, you know, your corn syrup. Um, yeah. I wouldn't even call it slight. I think it's a huge game changer. I think cane sugar soda is way, way better. I'd rather have like one good cane sugar soda than like a, a pack of, you know, like typical... Look, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to disparage anyone for their for their soda taste, but yeah, uh, it's much better. Um, 
and then as far as root beer goes, I'm I'm a big root beer guy. I I like the the flavors of root beer. This is a uh, let's say like a vanilla heavy root beer flavor here. So it's you know not as not as strong on the like classic root beer flavor, but uh, it is delicious. So uh, tasteability, I mean, give it like a thirty. Drinkability kind of on the soda scale because you know you probably shouldn't be drinking more than one or two of these uh yeah it's highly drinkable it's uh very smooth so we'll do like a 28 what a beauty i think um you know there's probably not that many things that like were actually like way better in the olden days but soda's probably one of them i feel like i, I feel like you know going like the soda fountain in like the 60s that must have been the shit Oh, Especially yeah. when there was cocaine and Coca-Cola. That was, <laughs> those are the days. Drew, you are really loud. Especially <laughs> when there was cocaine and the Coca-Cola. Oh, good Lord. Um, I'll sit up. I won't do the podcast laying down anymore. You know, one time, speaking of root beer, uh, I went to an A&W. I think it was on the way back from a hockey tournament growing up. And they were out of root beer. They're like, yeah, we don't have any root beer. I was like, what the? F- we're we're at A and W. How you doing? I was like, we're not, we're not here for the burgers. Like Jesus. Like I mean, I'll get one because you know it comes with the root beer or whatever. But uh, yeah, I almost turned around and walked out on principle, but I was like nine, so I was like, I, you know. I'm yeah, you weren't. Decision. You didn't have the, <laughs> the conviction at that point. Yeah, but uh, tough go. <laughs> really a tough go. Sure, you got anything over there, buddy? I got a water. You got a water. Nice and exciting. Tasteability yeah. zero, drinkability thirty-seven. Yeah, you could taste it a little bit. You know, America's water ain't ain't the ain't, ain't always clean. So I'm gonna say like tasteability is one. There you go. That's yeah. Nice. Um, nice little taste of Portland. I guess I'll be the only one really taking one for the team, cracking one on Tuesday afternoon here. Post birthday uh, beer for the pod. Uh, you know, it's a long day of work, and sometimes you got to unwind with a nice beer. Um, and not to mention, yes, I do have a lot of beers that were gifted to me. Um, oh, oh, hell yeah! We gotta, we gotta get what through a pour those. there. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's an expert pour always, obviously. <laughs> um, this is a local one, Lone Pine Brewing Company in Portland, over by Drew's place. Uh, this is the if I had a million loggers Canadian lager. Um, very similar branding to like Molson. So I think that was kind of like their inspiration for that. Like a, you know, a kind of classic crisp Canadian lager. Um, yeah, let's, let's give it a go here. Look, it's got the look of, of like your typical light beer for sure. True test. Smell wise though. It definitely smells like more. I don't know how to describe it besides proper lagery than like, you know, if you were to crack open a, a Molson or a, something like that. Initial, oh, hmm. So off the bat, a lot sweeter than I was expecting. I was expecting like a very, I don't want to say basic, but like, you know, typical, I guess, light lager. And it, it is crispy still, but it's got a much like deeper, subtle sweetness to it. It's almost like a, like a maple flavor. I wonder if they infused it with a little bit of a maple to get, you know, the, the Canadian in the lager. They put a whole tree in there. <laughs> the whole thing. Um, yeah, they probably put a whole lone, lone pine in there. And then <laughs> must have been what they did. Um, drinkability, 
pretty high. I would say a little bit less than a typical light lager because there's a little more flavor to it. So I'm going to say like a 29. Tasteability. I'm going to say a 27, but uh, it's quite good. Still, still maintains that crispiness, but definitely has a a sweeter body to it than I was expecting. But speaking of maintaining the crispiness, I was going to say speaking of sweet bodies, and then make up Patrice Bergeron, <laughs> <laughs> but either one works. Um, so yes, checking in uh, back to Boston. Hopefully, no more trips to Sunrise for the sake of you know everybody. Success ever. and also health Just of everyone. Ever. Let's never play there again. Yeah. Uh, um. What are the What are the vibes like? How have they changed? How much have they changed since we last recorded? Uh, when it was one to one after the Bruins had dropped Game Two. Um. And I guess how critical do you guys feel it is to end this in in Game Five versus you know taking another Did we, trip back didn't we record after it was two to one? Maybe. Probably. No. Oh no, we did. Yeah, we did with with ports. Right. Yes, you're right. We did record after this too. <laughs> That's long. true. I feel like we didn't really give takes during that though. It was mostly no, it was just out the ports. That was just Maddie's takes. Yeah. Uh, what a what a time though. Shouts to Maddie for joining us during uh during Top Golf. That was truly legendary shit. Those those incredible like me figuring out one by one like who he was playing Top Golf with because yes. I didn't. I didn't know until I watched like, oh, that's Connor Ryan waving at us. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Ty Anderson hitting left-handed. Uh, Which yeah, I'm proud great. to see. Ty's a fellow lefty. I didn't notice it was him until like, I think the last two minutes of our recording. I was like, oh shit, that's Ty. Cool. Well, I recognized and then I noticed him. he was lefty and I was like, let's go lefty gang. <laughs> Come on. I, I recognized him because Matt had taken a picture of him at the scrum and he was wearing, uh, I forget what shirt he was wearing. It was a, uh, like a misfits style shirt for a different artist. I forget who the other one was, but it was two artists that I was like, Oh, awesome. I would, yeah, uh, I would wear that Get down with that. Yeah. Um, and then I saw him wearing that shirt. So I was like, Oh, that's Ty. Um, you will have to try and get Ty on sometime for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you, he is one of my favorite, like Bruins Twitter follows just as like a, I don't know, he's a very good reporter, but also just as a person. So if, for, for somehow you don't like, if you listen to this podcast, you don't follow him. I don't think that would be any kind of oversecting bubble, but um, you know, also, also I, like, I hate him. So that's why I <laughs> also some funny inside baseball. I, uh, I had invited Connor on for the game two podcast and he ended up not being able to make it and then said like, yeah, hit me up later in the series. And then I had, arranged with matt to also be on later in the series and then you know seeing them together and be like all right so well sorry connor i didn't mean to like yeah, yeah. every time we record with porter he's like doing something and it like works out like he was like hanging out in his backyard one time or he was like on vacation or whatever and uh then there he is on his day off playing top golf remarkable timing always yeah um so to answer your question cam vibes are off the charts um big big 6-2 victory there uh panthers kind of became the biggest piss babies after um you know very predictably i would uh, the way that they were approaching the previous games in the series and you know the especially the way matt kachuk was uh handling you know the buzzer sounding uh, as you know more of a suggestion than an actual instruction to stop playing hockey um 
I kind of figured as soon as the game was like 100% out of hand and there was no chance of a comeback that they would just start, you know, getting a little too physical. And yeah, we saw that. Um, And it's always a good sign when a team has reached that point for the other team because it really, really means you're just in their heads and they've all but checked out and are kind of desperate to figure something out. And, you know, again, we saw Sergei Bobrovsky not working, uh, Alex Lyon not necessarily working. So um, not much else they can do. And now they got to contend with potentially Patrice Bergeron returning for the next game in Boston. Um, I, I feel like there's no chance the Bruins are going to show up the way that they did in game two. Um, and I mean, if they don't put them away in game five, uh, it won't be because the Bruins didn't show up and give it their best. It'll be bad bounces, puck luck, you know, playoff hockey shit. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're also going to see kind of like the Bruins did during game four, uh, Florida kind of coming out flying. Um, even if it's in Boston, Florida is going to have that fight that they've shown they had. They had it at the beginning of game two as well after losing game one. So, um, I, I think and Matt Grizzlick, I think it was, I saw an interview that he did, but basically said they were just planning to weather that first 10 minutes, knowing that's what they were going to face, um, you know, get their game going from there. But I, I would expect to see the shot. To, I, when Cam and I were watching, we couldn't believe the shot totals going up. And the Bruins had like three scoring chances. One was blocked. Um, maybe two were, and the Bertuzzi just missed the net on one. And like halfway through the first, they still had zero shots on goal, technically. Um, but vibes are good to answer the question. <laughs> it's all vibes. Um, I think I think it's pretty important to close it out, get a rest, especially when you're looking at what the Toronto-Tampa series is doing. You would really love to not, uh, or at least be more rested or same amount of rest. And it's looking like Toronto is close to taking that series. But hopefully Tampa brings that seventh. That's another story. But good good stuff, Bruins. Keep going. <laughs> Very insightful. Um, yeah, I don't think I have too much more to add aside from uh, just, like, great to see. Obviously, with Bergeron and Krejci out for those games, you were looking to kind of the next, the next layer there and you're kind of B-level. I don't even really want to call it B-level because they've been playing well, but uh, you know, outside of your traditional superstars to kind of produce, and you got two goals out of Jake DeBrus last game, you got two goals out of Taylor Hall last game. Um, just, I mean, obviously, the, that's been the Bruins' issue in the postseason in the past is the lack of depth scoring, and I think we've really hammered home that point on this podcast, and it's, it's different this year, but um, that just goes to show you, like, that that feels like a game, you know, with, with two really unexpected setbacks between Bergeron and Krejci, you're losing two, like, Hall of Fame top six centers, and uh, you shrug it off and still win by four in a in a pivotal game four on the road. Like that's that's really impressive, and um, that speaks to the level of depth that this Bruins team, you know, I don't think really even had at some points in this season, let alone no. in the past few years. So it's uh, it's clicking at the right time, and like Chris said, if you're Florida right now. You needed something at home, and now you're going back on the road, and the team that just pretty much, you know, made you, made your lunch for you, just got back its Hall of Fame, you know, one of its greatest players of all time for 
you know, a, a playoff run that's a little bit important to him, we'll say, this season. Yeah. So <laughs> you're going to be getting a motivated Patrice Bergeron back and a guy who probably, knowing him, not that I know him personally, but um, is going to come out as if he, like, has something to prove to his teammates for having not been there the, the first few games and, and stuff. So and score um, with 17 seconds, yeah. I'm sorry, 17 <laughs> minutes remaining in the first three minutes into the game. We'll have a goal. That's my yeah. prediction. And, and to Drew's other point too, I'm really curious to see like whether Florida can like keep, obviously like I do think they're going to come out with energy and it's going to be interesting to see whether they can control that energy because Obviously, the Bruins have not bit on the after the whistle shit. That's been the plan, and it's it's honestly it's hurt Florida at this point. They haven't. I mean, they've gotten away with some shit. You know what I mean? Like Jake DeBrus got cross checked in the face by a Brandon Montour the other day. Whatever. But who complained <laughs> about the call? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was uh, incredibly hilarious. But for the most part, it's led to opportunities for the Bruins, and they haven't taken any dumb penalties. So Florida's going to have to bring that energy and bring that chippiness and stuff to have a chance. And um, it's going to be interesting to see whether they can play on the line with with where they need to be as far as you know playing as aggressively as they can to try to take the Bruins off their game without stepping over the line because that's been a problem for them this series. Um, and I think it was Matt Porter who tweeted out, like, if that's not the way to beat the Bruins, then it makes you really wonder what is at this point because a team that good, and we've seen it happen, I think, with the Bruins in the past, not that they've ever been this good in any of our lifetimes, but they've been pulled off their game by physical teams that have been able to frustrate them and, and get them to react and. I think there's a pretty good understanding across the locker room, even without some of their leaders uh, in there, that that's going to be the strategy against this team. And they've been able to hold it so far. So it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether Florida can get anything out of them at this point. I think at this point, the Bruins have got to have such a mental advantage that there's no reason to, but. Oh, oh, Mark dropping the gloves. (laughs) I actually thought about that as I said, but that's the thing though. You know what I mean? Like Like, that's emotion. That's how it goes. Like no one in their right mind would in Omar's position try to fight right there. But like, that's how it goes, you know? So as it's easy for us to sit here and be like, just don't keep between the whistles and stuff, but it is so much harder when you're actually out there. I think that must have riled up the team. Just like seeing your goaltender get into it like that. I I think, I think two, two really good points. I mean, you probably made more than two really good points, but two ones that I (laughs) I remembered while you were talking cam. Uh, (laughs) I think one, the, the maturity we're seeing from guys like Brad Martian, who I think probably should have maturity at this point in his career, but has not necessarily exhibited it always um, really stepping up as the leader of the team with, you know, your captain and one of your assistant captains out. Um, he's been getting really beat up between the whistles and hasn't really responded in any way other than to put a fucking body on Mark Stahl. Uh, and I, f- I feel like he's just been buzzing around the ice. Yeah, like this, this, dude's, like a motherfucker, like. this dude's playing some of his best hockey of his career, let alone this year looks fully healthy. Now um, that, that long scoring drought, not even factoring into his mind. I don't believe. Um, and guys like Trent Frederick, who, you know, he's, he's been, really picked on by uh, a few guys uh, getting choked out at one point 
um, and really not responding, um, doing doing a really good job of of keeping his game, you know, within himself. Um, and then Bertuzzi as well, I'd say. Yeah, that's uh, Bertuzzi Hathaway too. Like uh, <laughs> taking that hard cross check from Kachuk. Oh, yeah. I, I I think those guys are doing a really good job of you know being tough while the game is being played, but not not getting too crazy with it. Um, and then to your other point, Cam, depth scoring. I mean, your top two point getters right now are Taylor Hall and Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, two guys that were kind of like hat on a hat. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi probably wouldn't be here if it weren't for Taylor Hall being hurt in the first place. Um, and a lot of people were kind of thinking like, well, all right, where are these guys going to fit in once everyone's healthy? And I mean, we haven't seen everyone healthy yet, so um, you know, we don't really have to answer that question, but it is a really good problem to have when those two guys are both firing on all cylinders. Um, I think just a lot of chemistry with a lot of different players on the ice. Um, Pavel Zaka, Dmitry Orlov, uh, Tomasz Nosek each have three primary assists in this series. Um, specifically, Orlov had two really awesome stretch passes that led to goals. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, we didn't see a lot of scoring from Taylor Hall this year, so it's just like, brings a little tear to your eye to see him, you know, having a really good scoring playoffs. Like, we've been watching him play long enough where, like, you don't need him to score to see his impact on the ice, but it is frustrating when you see him, like, all right, he, three times this game he made, like, some really sick moves and generated offensive opportunities that didn't really cash in. And like, we know that's valuable, but would be really nice to see him cash in at some point. <laughs> and what do you know? The, the floodgates open. Yeah. I think, you know, just on the same trend as depth, just the confidence I have, what like, no matter who is playing, um, like I feel like in past years, 20, 2019, in that run, especially, you know, we were debating, do you play Bacchus? Do you play Kuhlman? Do you play, uh, you know, whoever? Um, and it was kind of like, well, which one's the least weak or has the least weaknesses? And now it's just like, I mean, who has the most strengths? And I don't care if it's Forboard or Cliffy or Grizzlick that's in there uh, on the back end. And um, like Laco comes in and steps up and has it plays plays well as well. So it, it's really nice to have that confidence right now. And of course, injuries down the line along the run that can change things. You could run into an issue that if you have a number of them pile up, but um, it's not that issue last year where it's like, well, our like whole fourth line is a little questionable of who we want to play there. So. I I agree so much that I disagree with part of that where like even if the injuries do start to pile up I guess like if you have a lot of real high end injuries where like that's what I mean right, yeah the entire Worst top scenario, is out though. yeah but I mean I'm comfortable with Oscar Steen in there like we've seen yeah, him play yeah. really well this year and he has some chemistry with some guys on on that third line um, and as far as defensively like going as deep as Jakob Zaboral. Um, even Mike Riley, if he's needed uh, on an emergency basis. Watch that. Stanley Cup final. I hope we don't have to go that deep in the in the depth charts. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just such a good problem to have. Like, guys 
even the attitude of guys like Felino just being like, I like, I know uh, <laughs> that it might happen that I'm not going to play, but if I am going to play, I'm going to make it really hard to take me out of the lineup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's a good point to it. Like, yeah, I think Felino has been playing his best hockey of the year and it's, I don't think it's a coincidence. And yeah, just when you're like, Oh fuck option is still like, Oh wait, that was like our immediate option last season. Like <laughs> that's like plan C right now would pretty bring up Austin. You know what I mean? It, it also helps good, that all these depth options are like good enough defensively that they're giving you something, not taking mm-hmm. away something in the bottom six. I don't yeah. know if you want to put Oscar Steen on like the top line or anything, but I think you could, you could if you wanted to there is more versatility than you would expect in in those depth players at least it's not like you have mm-hmm. to plug them in into a certain role yeah like lauco isn't like a career fourth liner like this is a guy you're hoping is eventually gonna maybe be able to fit into your top six middle six mm-hmm. kind of guy mm-hmm. i think um it, it, just going back to game four charlie coyle had one of the most amazing games i've seen from a player who doesn't score a point in the game in a, in a long time. He played absolutely amazing um, just in every single zone, forcing turnovers, not turning the puck over. <laughs> I guess that's a low bar. But he's, honestly, not plays. he's one of the best at keeping the puck, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's such a great possession forward. And um, just I was really blown away when I looked back because you see Taylor Hall scores, Bertuzzi scores. Like, okay, he sh- he might have crossed over, but he, I mean, he's the first line center with Bergeron yeah, crazy <laughs> out. So it was like, oh wow, I was surprised. But he played, he played amazing, and it gave me that confidence. And at least a, I guess a team like Florida, not to diss Florida, but there's tougher competition Fuck out it, there let's in the diss playoffs. Florida, Florida um, sucks. That team. Well, Florida, awful. The, I well, hate the them. state, the state. <laughs> um for sure <laughs> yeah no, Chris Folks, was talking about the state yeah <laughs> I, I was talking about the team and the state and, yeah. and Matthew Kachuk <laughs> and uh if that wasn't clear um quick pause for a reminder that the Bruins Bruins podcast is sponsored by DraftKings it's NBA playoff time that means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA Get it on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you get a bonus back bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-532-5050. On behalf of Boot Hill and Casino, on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. But yeah, so it shows to Charlie Coyle, and again, kind of speaks to the depth where your third line center was. He wasn't he top center in Minnesota for a while. Like he he has logged those kind of minutes and played that. Kind yeah, of that's minutes. it is kind of weird. Like I I don't know if I talked about this on the pod but i remember like seeing it on the broadcast when uh charlie coyle hit his 100th playoff game and just think like how the hell like I, how does he even get to 100 like obviously he had the the deep playoff run in 
2019. And then he was on like some decent, but not great Minnesota teams for seven years. Yeah, but didn't Minnesota have like, or are they still on that spell where they haven't won any first round series? Or maybe they won once or twice, but that's like pretty incredible too, considering they tend to have like a long playoff series, but then first round exits at a (laughs) mount up. I mean, 100. Well, we might as well mention the uh, the Maple Leafs right now, uh, Drew's favorite team, uh, yeah, up three no. one in this series. So, um, congratulations, Drew. Uh, we'll, honestly, we'll see if they're able to hang on because uh, like, it's been I, a really long time since they've won a series. I'd I'd rather well, you see, it's like pick your poison with these two teams. Like it, it's going to be a tough matchup no matter what. I think either way, the Bruins will okay but like i'm honestly not that scared of tampa at this point i mean it it sounds it it sounds goofy but they're they're down a couple defensemen their uh center depth is not like anthony sorelli didn't really pan out to become the player that they'd hoped he would be um so really like they're they've got nick paul as their third line center and i don't Mm -hmm. i don't really see him as a center i i don't i haven't watched him much this year but i remember like when they traded for him from Ottawa. He was playing wing. And if you can't play center in Ottawa, then yeah, <laughs> at least that Ottawa team, like the current one is sure. Fine. You got Josh Norris and uh, I don't know who else they got at center, but I guess it, it, it kind of to refute my Toronto fandom, um, but also kind of somewhat, I don't know. I don't know how this will sound, but we'll try again. <laughs> Um, Toronto beating the Lightning to uh, break their curse of first round or playoff series drought. Um, much preferred to beating us, of course. Um, <laughs> and so, like, down the line, if it happens, it, not this year, baby, but if down the line, if it happens, it's going to be a little bit less like, ah, crap and they broke the curse against us so there's that but i, I don't think tampa's coming back in this series to be honest no, I think it, it is it is funny though that uh in order to like win the stanley cup this year toronto would most likely have to beat the uh can't get out of the first round allegations and the can't beat the bruins in the playoffs allegations yeah. uh, <laughs> in two separate battles yeah yeah it, honestly like I, I would never I, I do want the Bruins to play the Maple Leafs every single time in the playoffs just because it's so hilarious beating them. But um, it's the, also intense. It's so good. The so the same. It was the same kind of deal with the the Red Sox getting to the World Series and winning the World Series like the, they would never have, wouldn't be considered breaking the curse if you didn't hadn't played Yankees, hadn't played yeah. the Yankees on the way through. So, yeah, yeah. I will say uh, just on the either team point, like I think the thing that scares me the most about Tampa, which is realistically probably the only chance they even get to the second round at this point is just getting goalied. Like I know Vasilevsky hasn't had a great year, but he's still Andre Vasilevsky. So he can throw up three fucking shutouts against Toronto. I wouldn't be that shocked. Uh, in which case things get, they get a lot scarier, but um, even then, like I, it, like the Bruins can match that this year, which is yeah, I don't rare, think, so. Yeah, it, Ilya Samsonov doesn't uh, scare me quite yeah, as much. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing is Toronto's firepower definitely scares me, but at the back end, I think, you know, even if they can 
kind of keep up scoring wise with the Bruins. I which I don't know if they can with with the Bruins defense. Um, I haven't been paying attention. Are are they rolling out Ryan O'Reilly on one of the top two lines, or is he centering that third line? I haven't even noticed either, to be honest with you. I've watched most of the games, but <laughs> not that not that closely, I guess. Um, yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, Leafs are soft. It'll be fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it, it, you know, we'll see what happens, but it would be, uh, Chris's point, it would be, you know, the whole, the Carson, the, the Toronto would have to play us on the flip side of that. If, uh, in a season of, of storybook finishes for the Bruins, what is more storybook than, than beating Toronto, especially after they've regained a little confidence. So I guess I'll just say that that streak goes two ways as well. So that's nice, but, um, yeah, we could uh, have our first series over by the time this comes out. So, see what happens in uh, Carolina and Long Island. But actually, we're like Nesson, and we we leave you here. It's all national coverage from now on. So, thanks for <laughs> joining us this season. Go to Bruins and Bettmans with the National Hockey League. <laughs> go to go to Morning Brew with Jeffy and Razor. <laughs> Oh, they're nesting though, so it doesn't work. They're yeah, stopping. Yeah, that's the way it's not the one. Connor uh, Ryan yeah. has a podcast. Go listen to that. I feel like he has two podcasts. I'll just listen to both. Just Poke the Bear, and I don't remember what the other one is, but. Let's promote people who aren't on the podcast some more. This <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. Well, uh, Cam's retired from hosting, so I will close this out. Um, <laughs> happy thanks. birthday, Cam. Everyone, Thank happy you. birthday, Cam. <laughs>